I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Burnt Cookbook Party, an original Pathfinder campaign set in a unique fantasy world where four heroes of varying skills, attractiveness, and stupidity race against time to prevent a war. I am Jenna Steber and I play Astrablep, a fey-addled half-elf oracle who is exactly who she says she is. And I'm joined by... Andrew Hansen, playing Johnny Brightchild, a hot and sunny Ifrit Resort Spa paladin, eager to help and flex. Caitlin Stadahar, playing Patty Hertz a rat folk ranger dandy with a nose for gossip and cheese. Paul Lukemeyer playing Zelf, an elven battle chef carving a name for himself in the high-stakes world of magical cooking. And we're of course led today and for the first time since the three-episode Patreon-exclusive Sea Monster Boat Rapes Festival art <gasps> dropped in our Patreon by our Woo! illustrious GM and world builder, Justin Green. Hey, Justin, how are you? I'm doing great. I am... Trying to get out of the player character mindset and back into GM mindset uh, so that I can properly control the chaos of the group. <laughs> no, no. Instead of contributing to it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Was it hard for you to set aside your captain's hat, um, which I know you physically wear for every podcast recording, in order to be a player? It was a struggle to get it off, but once it was gone, I took to it extremely quickly. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, you crushed it. Justin, I'm going to miss you as a character player. Yeah, he'll be there uh, in spirit, though, and through non-player yeah. characters. So <laughs> That's true, that's true. And who knows, in the future, maybe we'll do more. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah, if a bunch true. of people sign up for the Patreon in order to listen to this episode, that'll really teach us that this is a good thing to do. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I hope we learn good lessons. We are currently in the Church of Salinas in a private room tucked away in the back where Glorhan and Harvel's bodies are being kept. Mm. So far, uh, avoiding any arrest. But this is directly after the battle. Ansel is with the group. He kneels at Glorhan's bedside. He's holding her hand. His eyes are closed and his head is down. It's unclear if he's thinking or he's praying, but he's completely silent aside from like an occasional sniffle. Mm. Zelf is going to wave his party over and say, all right, everyone, it's been an exciting night and it might remain exciting. We're currently fugitives. <laughs> Do we have any reason to stay in the city other than to be captured by the forces of the court of the art mage? No, let's get out of here. <laughs> let's leave. We should have never have come here in the first place. <laughs> Both Caitlin and Patty are pondering the answer to that. And mm. I want to be nosy 
about Astra because she wants to leave so bad. <laughs> but I'm also injured and sleepy, and I want to go back to my comfy dorm room with my nice four-poster bed. So I'm very conflicted right now. You had so many white claws. So and... many white claws. I just need a night off, guys. <laughs> well, the other thing was that I wanted to warn Molny about like impending doom, and that's like <laughs> in a couple weeks. Is so Molny here? Like he's like nearby. Like he's you know Molny's temple isn't that far away. Do you think we could lay low in his temple? Because I feel like we can't lay low here. I think they'll come here looking for us pretty soon. Yeah, but no. Molny's temple maybe not. Maybe Molny's temple. Also, like you know, we could go to Mielnor, right? Yeah, I mean, we need to head towards Mielnor at some point anyway. I think we have, what, four days for that? Yes. Does anyone here think that there's a way we can reverse the successful ritual? Or does that seem way out of our league at this point? Maybe the goblins will know. Like, (laughs) we could, like, or they might, like, have some stuff. Like, we might be able to try again. Didn't you burn all of their camp down? Yeah, but like, you I know. think we, we burned some bridges and then some, Johnny. <laughs> they might have a rich oral tradition. There might be like some artifacts there that Patty and I missed that like maybe you and Zelf would like know. Or, we like... did leave in a hurry. It was a little <laughs> hasty. What was Harville carrying that we now have in our possession? <laughs> you want to loot his headless body? Is that what 100%. you're saying? 100%. Okay, 100%. great. 100%. Great. I mean, he doesn't mind. He's dead. <laughs> no, it's fair. No, it's fair. I have put three items of note into your barracks, your item storage. Glorhan's spell book, which was mm. in the possession of Harvel. The Sheep Lich's phylactery, <laughs> a, a small wooden box that is filled with some parchment that's half eaten. <laughs> Uh, and then the third item is the robe that Harville wears that he's purposely burned along the edges for dramatic effect. Uh, this is what allows him to levitate whenever he casts spells. Um, it also gives him a, a small boost to his AC as well. But it's mostly for the levitating, right? It is for the levitating. It's it's all about looking good. I love them. It looks real cool. <laughs> I admit that. Does Glorhan's spellbook have, is it just spells? Is it just like her shadow spells? Or is there any other content in it? Flipping through, uh, you are able to find in the back what you believe are notes that were written by Harville. Hmm. It's not the same handwriting as the rest of the book. Just context clues tell you that it's him. And it seems to be a list of ways that he has tried to bring her back to life that have all failed. Hmm. And so it seems like he has started with the more obvious uh, and more accepted <laughs> ways to do that. <laughs> um, so as a fake paladin of Gavlin, uh, he does have connections at the Cathedral of Light. So his first step was to try and get some holy good magic to bring her back. But it wasn't able to happen at the Cathedral of Light. Mm-hmm. wasn't able to happen at the Church of Iris. He has now become more desperate, and you can see that he's trying darker arts, um, but also still failing in all of his attempts. Okay. Well, one of the things we learned last time is that seemingly Glorhan's soul has gone into Johnny, right? Yeah. She does not register as dead via the magical device Ansel had. Yeah. So it's more complicated. I mean, I have to assume that's why the spells failed. Yeah. But we have Glorhan's soul. (laughs) We have it in a Johnny-shaped container. Yeah. 
Uh, we got it in a Johnny jar, so we might be okay. Uh, but none of us know any of this magic, I guess, required to do necromancy. It's probably for the best. Soul transferal. Yeah, that seems a bit advanced. <laughs> <laughs> what about Ansel? Would he know how to do it? Astro will show Ansel Glorhan's spellbook and show him specifically the notes Harville made and be like, Ansel, look at all these attempts to raise Glorhan that Harville tried and failed. It's, and I think it's because of the whole Johnny situation, the, the Johnny of it all. I'm sorry that I got in the way. Oh, no, Johnny, it's not like that. <laughs> Poor Johnny. <laughs> You're a big, big, beautiful container. <laughs> Ansel says, oh, don't apologize, Johnny. The four of you have done so much for my sister. I, I don't even know how to begin repaying you, much less your, your friend here who died doing what I should have been doing, which is trying to bring my sister back to life. Well, maybe. <laughs> well, you only just learned tonight what fate she had. I can hardly blame yourself for not knowing. No, if anyone you can blame yourself. Anyway, I think you, now that you know... Can you snip out the parts of Glorhan that are in Johnny without harming Johnny? Can you scoop out the Glorhan jam that's in the Johnny jar and put it back on the Glorhan toast? It's a metaphor. What? It's a metaphor, Johnny. Don't think too much. No, she's right. It was a very accurate food metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I, I think that this might be beyond what I could do. But I, I have heard of wizards with the ability to, you know, put uh, someone's essence from one body into another. It can be done. I want to check Glorhan's spell book for any spell that I think would do this. Because, like, something happened to get it out of Glorhan and into Johnny. So I want to peep in the spell book and see if there's any spells that suggest that this was Glorhan's doing. For sure. It's a great question. It seems like the spell she used is probably stronger than the ones in the spell book. Yeah, none of us are that high level yet to do stuff like this, but maybe like, it'll... Yeah, an after-death contingency spell? Yeah, no, that's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's some tough shit. So between that and, and reading the notes, it's going to take a little bit of time. Is there anything that the rest of you want to do? Johnny, he tells the party about during the war at one time he had to go to Ovidel to, you know, kind of had to do some like stuff that like, you know, the sun wasn't always like shining brightly on it and stuff. So like me and like honestly some really solid dudes and like I'll probably get distracted if I tell you about them. But, like, we, like, kind of hunted the Blood Mage and, like, some really crazy stuff happened and, like, the Doom Weapon showed up. It was, like, really awful and, like, all of these people died and freaking there was all this fire and, like, lasers and crazy death and, like, Gia was there and she was, like, you know, casting all these spells and, like, trying to save people and stuff like that. And she had these cool staffs. And it's weird. Like, it's kind of coming fast, guys. But, like, basically, like, the demigod showed up. Like, Molni showed up. And they, like, killed Aretas. Because, like, he was becoming, like, a demigod. Like, he'd taken, like, this crown of, like, gonna drive him, like, nuts. And, like, it was actually... I wonder if my name's in his arm. Wait, wait. <laughs> Sorry, wait. it's kind of a, it's kind of fragmented. I know, but like basically, I think like one of the demigods might be three gnomes, and I think Gamweir might be one of those gnomes. 
I think Patty is just going to stare at him open mouth and tell him about this word vomit from Johnny. <laughs> just, it's a total info dump word vomit yeah, just absolutely. all over the place. Yeah. Johnny, I never know how much of your stories are literal and how much are like flowery language. Yeah, I know. Like sometimes I can kind of dress things up, Astra, but like. <laughs> this is all like as i remember it like honestly there was probably like a 300 foot tall beast of metal and like magic ripping apart a city mm. like that was real i also just never know what's literal and what's hyperbole it's definitely i saw like how like harville's head was like just off right yeah, like that was messed up that's like a super sharp blade. Mm. like like, I never know. Cuts like a like a snicker snack. Yeah. I never know how Come many on. of the sounds you make are literal. Well, that was like some flower language. I'm sorry. Like okay, that was okay, okay, okay. <laughs> that was like that was like poetical. So if if Ganweir was part of a demigod, does that mean another demigod is dead? I think so. But like. What I'm, like, confused about Astra is, like, that was, like, the weapon I saw the gnome god use. Mm. But, like, you can take, like, the weapon of, like, a demigod. It's, like, not impossible. Those are, like, just things. Like, they can be taken. Yeah. In my experience, demigods don't like being robbed. Probably if demigods Astra. are being killed, it's by a demigod, right? What, Zelf? Well, much like... Bavel's journal, there may be a way to independently verify this. Johnny, do you remember the three gnomes who were parts of a demigod? Mm, I only knew Gamwear. Okay. And popular knowledge is that Lunas has no demigod, or at least there was no known one from the war, right? Right. Like, even the Blood Mage, like, didn't know he was going to get Lunas's inspiration or whatever. I mean, Bavel seemed to indicate to us that he thought he could become a new demigod. And presumably that's based on his experience in the time loops. And is he wrong? Can people just become demigods if they eat enough um, radiation meteorite? Like, in my memory, there was, like... A group of people that were helping the blood mage. Yeah. And also there was like a cult that was like protecting like the, <sighs> the item, but like only the person who was like meant to get it would get it. It was hmm. like kind of like the vibe of it all. Everything's got a cult these days, you know? Well, like, you know, like a cult's just like a group of people who like share a belief, right? Like, I mean. <laughs> I mean, a cult is a club. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, that's what I'm saying. Are we a cult? We don't share any beliefs. No, I take it back. It's fine. We share a room. Like <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that we're certainly not a cult because otherwise we wouldn't split up so often. Funny. <laughs> yeah. We're not single-minded enough. We'd stick together more. <laughs> Great. Johnny, thanks for telling us all that. I don't really know what to make of it. I wanted to just have Andrew clarify if the group knows about Tommy Ember Eyes. Johnny, in his retelling, does not mention that he's Tommy Ember Eyes. Uh, (laughs) In his mind, he's Johnny. Perfect. While you guys are are chatting, Astra is flipping through Glorhan's spellbook. You do find something Mm. in there that you think is related to the spell that she casts Astra. It's a scroll that's been used. 
<laughs> so a lot of the magic has been uh, lifted off of it. Like whenever a scroll is read, the writing vanishes off of it. But yeah. there is some non-magical text on it. And it says, uh, Rabuol the Generous across it, as if it's like uh, a brand name scroll. I love that. <laughs> okay, interesting. Is that a name any of us recognizes? Uh, you guys can make a local check to see if that is a name that you guys recognize. All right. Uh, with my investigator ability to be able to add inspiration and I'll check for free, my total is a cool 30. Very that nice. Cool. Oh awesome. my goodness. Zelf, you are also secretly getting a bonus uh, because this <laughs> is somebody who is from Mjolnir. Uh-huh. Oh. Oh. Another celebrity that I hate. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually uh, not somebody that you thought was real. It's kind of like an urban oh. legend in Mjolnir that there is a creature named Rabuol the Generous that lives in Mjolnir's catacombs uh, that grants oh, wishes that. to those in need. <laughs> Fun. Milnor is very uh, segregated in terms of like economic background, and so yeah. it's kind of a, a thing that you know kids talk about in West Milnor, like oh maybe I'll strike it big, maybe Rabiel the Generous will grant one of my wishes <laughs> and help me out. Patty, with your role, you have also heard of Rabiel the Generous. You've heard of uh, a rat folk that desperately wanted to be a chef. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> went to Mjolnir, found Rabiol the Generous, and was able to get into the, the world of elven magic by being turned into an elf by Rabiol the Generous and, and living out their chef fantasy. I thought they were going to sit inside somebody's chef hat. I was going to say, I love that for them. I do not love that they gave up their rat folk identity to do so. <laughs> that rubs Patty the wrong way, but good for them for living their dreams. Yeah, more like a Ursula kind of vibe. Yeah, that's exactly. It became less ratatouille and more like (laughs) sad. Oh, Patty, any story or rumor that passes through elf hands becomes very elf-centric. The truth (laughs) might have nothing to do with transforming into an elf, but there are a lot of elven myths that have to do with transforming into an elf. Fair point, fair point. (laughs) Oh, fucking funny. Okay. Kind of interrupting this, suddenly you guys hear three voices, uh, and it's as if these people are standing in the room with you, but you don't see them. And you all hear it at the same time, Uh all equally loud. First, you hear a voice that you recognize as High Mage Windhorn, and he says, effective immediately, Fainolin is in lockdown. Oh, Oh, shit. No one may enter or leave. Trespassers will be sent to Bitterhold. Stay inside your homes and await instruction. Hmm. I love this. Next, you hear another man's voice that Zelf, you recognize as Heimage Dorgal, who oversaw the chairman's trial. And he says, we seek five suspects in relation to the attack on Fainalin Academy, where at least 25 are confirmed dead. One bomb has been detonated. (laughs) Potentially more exist. A bomb? Whoops. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> then you hear uh, a woman's voice, which, Patty, you recognize as High Mage Mirakan, who oversaw raids, trials, not your own, but the others. And she says, the suspects are armed and dangerous, possessing trained disenchanters, <gasps> possibly part of a larger group of Ebnir worshippers. For your safety, do not approach the ley line. And then the message seems to to end there. Oh, uh, well, I mean, this was inevitable, but it's still a shame. 
I like that we were just happily planning our, to tidy up our little side quests and just bop down the road, assuming that Justin was not going to make it difficult for us to get out of this town. I mean, this is what Zelf kind of suspected might happen. Well, we're already here. Should we just nap and try to make a break for it in the morning when we have spells and more HP or... No. No? No, we should get out of the city limits now, and we should nap somewhere outside of Anlin. Yeah, probably. All right. Yeah, it seems like not opportune time for napping, which is rare for me to say, because I do like napping. <laughs> Ansel, bro, do you know any secret ways out of the city? First of all, Ansel, put on this jark robe and pretend to be Harvel. Oh. <laughs> I'll do you one better. And he puts a hand on Harvel's body, and he casts a spell, which is called uh, Assume Appearance, which allows him to take the visage of any dead person. And you see his features shift from his pointy kind of gothic look into uh, the fallen angel Harvel persona, as you saw him last. His voice no longer weird and nasally. Uh, He sounds like Harvel when he speaks. He says, this should do fine. Don't worry, the Pharrells are good at hiding in the shadows. Well, it's even harder to understand whether we should call you Ansel or Harvel now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, Paul. Sorry. There's a knock at the door, and uh, a cleric of the Church of Salinas enters. Uh, It's somebody that you have been working with this entire time, who you know is a a good person who helped you with the ley line problem. And they say, forgive my interruption. I'm afraid it's time sensitive. I'm sure that you guys all heard the announcement. But you should also know that they're projecting illusory images of you into the sky at at several locations around the city. And arbiters are posted at the borders while still more patrol the streets, instructing citizens to turn you in on sight. Uh. How do we look, though? (laughs) Do we look hot? I was just thinking that. I was like, God, (laughs) finally, my face projected on the big screen. (laughs) You look great. It's, you know, you're you're winning the AOP competition. It's wonderful image of you guys. I, I want you to know that the Church of Salinas recognizes your good works uh, and your chaotic ones, and we'll hide you as long <laughs> as we can, but Windhorn will come here sooner rather than later. Hmm. So you, you have to get out of the city, and there's only one way out that isn't blocked. Yeah. The Whispering Woods. North into the Whispering Woods. Yeah. Let's just get caught. We can deal with the dungeon system. We'll just go to the dungeon. Oh, I'm so excited to go to the no. woods. Oh, I can't wait. No. It's almost like they're calling to us. (laughs) Johnny and I had such an adventure out in the woods before. This is going to be exciting, guys. (laughs) Uh, Justin, can I sense motive on this guy just in case? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's a 23. Oh, yeah. You believe that this person has your best interests at heart. Okay. The church will lend you a boat for your journey. The Davin River cuts through the eastern side of the woods, and very few fey will cross it. Uh, except for the Nereid, who are water fey and inherently good. They're very kind to travelers. Mm. If you sail down the river center, the danger of the fey should be lessened significantly. But the danger of the river is still quite real. There, it can be some intense rapids. But in a few hours' time, you'll be out of the Whispering Woods entirely and into the Mjolnir region. Mm. Otherwise, you could try your luck on foot to Molni, but that's deeper into the woods to the west. But if you plan to fight, having a demigod on your side may be... Uh, the only sure way to topple a high mage. God, I'm just flashing back to our fucking 
trying to drive the boat and food. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. not. Remember how we were like, oh, we need to learn how to drive the boat. And yet again, <laughs> we need to learn how to drive the boat and nobody knows how to drive the boat. Uh, yeah, did anybody improve their swim skill when you leveled up? No, I thought no, about I it thought. too. I thought about it. Patty bought a non-magical sailor hat. I bought a sailor hat, but it, all it does is make me look cute. <laughs> is there anyone here God in the Holiness who's been in the forest who can act as our guide? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they are uh, always in and out of the forest. Uh, they commune and work with the fae. Ugh. Do any of them know how to pilot a boat? <laughs> <laughs> I think you could get one of them that would pilot a boat. Okay, team vote. Zell thinks going into the woods is somehow the least dangerous option just because he thinks Winhorn has been planning this entire thing and he's got plans within plans to catch them if they try to leave on foot. Yeah, I think he has the least control inside the Whispering Woods. Uh, but there's reasons for that. Then those are the same reasons we shouldn't go in there. Oh, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> Patty also thinks that we should escape through the woods, but she's scared to ride in the boat, so she thinks we should go on foot. Oh, no, absolutely not. She almost drowned. God, guys. That's true. Patty's almost drowned several times, and she still has no swim skills. I'm going to put that on the mental notes swimming lessons for Patty. Yeah, we're going to get Patty a YMCA membership. Symbols <laughs> of water wings. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we can't go. We cannot. We cannot. We cannot. We cannot go on foot through the Whispering Woods. Half health. No spells as we are now. We have to leave immediately. That is not an option. I'm putting my little half elf foot down. We could take the disenchant eaters. That would be faster. I think that would be worse somehow because what? the fae, I don't know. Listen, I feel like that would attract fae attention and they would want to eat or molest those nanteasers in some way. Mm. If we have to go through the woods, and I don't think we do, it should be on a boat where we're all contained and can gently drift in the water. And I think that'll really lessen the number of encounters that we're going to run into because, again, <laughs> we're so weakened. Patty initially voted for Temple because she didn't want to ride in the boat, but Astra made an excellent point about going through the woods would put the disenchanters at risk, and Patty does not <laughs> want to do that. So she will grudgingly vote for the boat. I don't think we can put the disenchanters on the boat. With us. I think we have to leave them somewhere. I don't think we should burden the Church of Salinas with watching the Disenchanters since the Court of the Archmage knows that. That's true. That's a valid point. <laughs> so I think we should set them free. I think we should Whoa. slap yeah. them and they'll run back to their pen. That's true. And live there and be happy. They can go live in the forest free. Justin, if we take a boat into the woods, could we potentially count as resting on the boat ride? <laughs> or is the only way we could get a rest period to do it now before we leave? I would say you have a better chance of resting on the boat. Oh. <laughs> no, that's what I was thinking. So I appreciate getting your feedback on I that. I think that sounds like we need to leave now. <laughs> How far away is Molly's temple? On foot, it's about two hours to the west. Otherwise, uh, you're wanting to go northeast on the river to Mjolnir. I mean, I think we should go see Molly, but... I mean, Molly's <laughs> temple is literally walking through the Whispering Woods. And once we get to it, how are we going to leave from there yeah. to get to safety? Yeah, I don't think it's a bad instinct to check in on Molny. 
But genuinely, I have no second level spells left. I have a couple first yeah. level spells, but those none yeah. of those are very good. The the forests are by definition super dangerous. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is, if we try to go into the woods, Astra is going to escalate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so here's my thinking: if we get to Molni's temple, we could probably rest there. Like yeah. I think we would be safe to rest there, or we could head directly towards the water. We probably will encounter something either way on the way to the water or the temple. Is Andrew's thinking? Hmm. Yeah, it would be nice to rest, and it would be nice to rest in the shadow of a cat demigod that would probably hmm. be chill with us hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. We got a cat with us. That's true. <laughs> we got to think about the baby. We got to think of the baby, guys. Is the baby the cat we saved from that orb? Is that what you're yes. saying? Yes. <laughs> Patty has gone from being afraid of it to now it's her baby. <laughs> baby. <laughs> Hold on, that cat is still at Astra's apartment, right? Yeah, that I was assuming oh. that cat is still at oh, the apartment. No. <gasps> we have to go get it. <laughs> I will give one of the priests my address <laughs> okay. and say, listen, there's a cat. <laughs> there's a cat in this apartment. Just let it out. Um, it's not really my cat. It'll be fine on the streets. Its name is Adi. And uh, make sure you say that to, to it before it leaves so that it doesn't forget. <laughs> but um yeah just just i don't know wait like a day it'll be a little hungry but it'll be fine and they're probably watching the apartment so just keep a head on a swivel uh i i don't lock the door ever so just let yourself in <laughs> yeah the, they agree the the cleric nods and takes down your address and says we're we will never let a cat go hungry in Fainalin as long as oh. one of us live <laughs> That's a great attitude, because I really don't know what's going to come down upon your heads when Windhorn <laughs> finds out we were here. Uh, and help yourself to whatever in the fridge. Okay, um, Zelf, where are you? Boat? Boat? Probably boat, right? If we don't talk to Molni now, where's the next time we'll see him? See, like, that's what I'm saying, is like, eventually, guys, I'm going to have to talk to Molni, and like, like, if we go now, like, I won't have to, like, leave later, and like... I'd probably have to come here, like, after we go to Mjolnir so that, like, I could warn him. I think that's a better plan. I think that's a better plan. Because um, the heat's on, and then we're the thing that the heat is on. We're the pot. Another excellent kitchen metaphor. <laughs> I don't know what's with me today with all the food metaphors. I'm sorry. I don't mean to encroach on your territory, Zelf. Food is meant to be shared, Astra. <laughs> and food metaphors, Zelf? I think we should go to Mjolnir. Yes. 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 All right. I mean, that's fine. I wasn't that emotionally invested in it. I, yeah, okay. So I think that's three for the boat, right? Johnny, I promise we're, we'll come back from Molni. I mean, like, I've got to come back from Molni. It would be cool if you came with me. It's just like a direction I'm going to have to go in the future. Like, you know, it's just <laughs> how it's got to be. Johnny, we would never split the party. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's right, that's true, you're right. If anywhere you go, we'll go, as long as we all vote in the direction that I want us to vote in. <laughs> I'd just like to note for the record that as I was picking out new spells, I specifically was looking at ones, and I was like, this will be useful next time we split the party and need to communicate with each other. <laughs> yeah. Can 
considering that you didn't get any swim spells, I actually think that that demonstrates a pretty impressive amount of foresight. <laughs> As always, I just went with something funny, but that's fine. <laughs> she didn't take it. She didn't I didn't take pick it. it. I considered it, though. I'm like, this would be useful, but this one's funny. <laughs> All right. We have a month before the Fanolin Fall Blessing and some change, and that's where Molly's death is. I'm willing to compromise on the boat if we can get something done here. Clerics of Salinas, can I possibly impose on you to deliver Harvel's body to the Temple of Molni? Oh, damn. Interesting. Yeah, they will do that. Zelf, why? Tell Molni that somebody's targeting demigods, and this is our proof. <laughs> really ominous, Zelf. The, the cleric nods. <laughs> They're a little confused. All right. And I think this is going to give us the best bang for our buck whenever Johnny comes back to talk to Molni. Thanks, so. That's great. We'll have plenty to talk about. That's true. It's setting the stage, at least. Setting the table, Patty. Hey! <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> Did you know we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash bcbparty? And did you know we released a special three-episode Patreon-exclusive miniseries and that it's available right now? That's right. Everything I just said was true. I would never lie to you. It's set in the same universe as the main feeds, and it features some familiar faces while also being outside of the main canon timeline. So it's just a fun little interlude in the whole universe that Justin has set up and it's DM'd by me so you finally get to see Justin be a player character but you'll learn even more about the world that the main feed episodes are set in and it's also just like a lot of fun it's so much fun that's over three hours of extra content available now to anybody who subscribes. And that's on top of all the regular bonuses like ad-free episodes, access to exclusive Patreon Discord, and monthly bonus clips from episodes and art and all sorts of stuff. And you get all of that, and it's only $5 a month to join. So please do. It's patreon.com slash bcbparty. Life is full of what-ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs, no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ansel says, uh, I hope, or he sounds like Harvel now. Ansel says, forgive me, <laughs> but I must stay at Glorhan's side. I know you guys risked a lot getting me out of the academy. You could have easily abandoned me like your paladin friend wanted you to do. I, I wouldn't have blamed you if you had, but instead you let me reunite with my sister. Up until now, she's the only person that I could call my friend. And then he kind of looks between the oh, four no. of you guys with a sparkle oh. in his eye. Oh, no. Johnny gives him a fist bump. He's like, well, bro, some things can change. <laughs> Johnny, I have no right to ask you this, but please protect Glorhan's spirit just a little longer. I'll keep her body safe. You can count on me, man. Harvel reaches uh, to his arm and he unhooks the buckler that's connected to it and he hands it to you, Astra. Yeah. And you saw it before uh, during the battle, but it's a, a small mithril buckler that has like three insets where he has metamagic gems. Ooh. You're able to use them as material components if the buckler is attached. And he says, oh, I nice. hope that this will keep you safe, Astra. Wow, thank you. What a kind thing for somebody who's um, somewhere between an acquaintance and a friend. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but not a roommate. Not a roommate. I don't think there's a word yet for what we are with you. But, um, you know, thank you for the the magic. Good luck. Estra's <laughs> bad at goodbyes the last time we left somebody to stay with Glorahan this was the result <laughs> can you promise us that you'll be safe absolutely I'm doing it for Glorahan now so alright I'll trust you <laughs> you said it so trustingly too <laughs> <laughs> alright we should get on the boat and go yeah the sooner the better. Which cleric is coming with us? I don't have a name for this random cleric who can drive a boat. What do you want to call this cleric? Oh. Is he a catfolk or is he an elf? Oh, he's a catfolk. Mm. <laughs> Caitlin. <laughs> I mean, can we name him after one of my cats? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yes. Okay, don't tell the others, but I do have a favorite. Oh, oh no. no! His name is Remy. That's a good Remy, choice. Remy, yes, of course. But not a rat, though, because that would be too on the nose. But yeah, the four of you leave the church and you rendezvous a little bit deeper into the woods uh, at the edge of the river where a cleric called Remy is waiting for you. He's kind of a, a chunky little cat folk. <laughs> he has 
kind of a an empty expression as if there's not a lot going on <laughs> in his head but the others have assured you you know he's really good at piloting a boat but you know he seems extremely jumpy like any tiny noise from the woods he's like on edge uh freaking out looks like he might fail this is a real testament to our friendship that you're able to like improvise a character who perfectly describes my cat <laughs> Astra, you realize that it's been a minute since the little stranger has really interfered with your plans. Mm-hmm. Since you guys have arrived in Fainalin, it's been more or less absent. You were able to relax a little. <laughs> and now, here it is, but it's like a completely different creature. It is nuzzling against your leg. Mm-hmm. Just very, very happy as you are going deeper into the woods. Mm, fuck, for fuck's sake. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Uh, I mean, Astra will, like, kind of nudge it away, (laughs) 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 trying to be discreet about the presence of this horrible little creature. Yeah, (laughs) she'll do her best to, like, stand behind things so that (laughs) hopefully the little stranger's less visible (laughs) to her um, roommate's friends. (laughs) God. Uh, yeah, she she is she is at a ten. She is not quite as tense as she was at the dinner party, but she's like hovering near that level of intensity about being back in the forest. I mean, being in the forest. This is she's never been there before. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Great. You guys see that Rumi has a small wooden boat, just big enough for the five of you. And uh, as you board, he takes an oar and kind of pushes off from the edge of the river bank. And you guys are, are on your way. Remy tells you, if we keep a steady pace through the night, you know, we should be there uh, in four or five hours. Okay. So as you guys are floating on this boat down the river, uh, if you guys want to make perception checks, if you want <sighs> to rest, if there's something that you want to do on this boat ride, please let me know. Astra will make perception checks. She is not going to rest. She is going to be at full <laughs> tilt. <laughs> She's just like, I need to rest. That's why we need to, you know, we need to get moving. Doesn't rest. <laughs> if anything, she'll <laughs> encourage everybody else to rest so that they don't see anything or get lured or tempted or anything horrible. I think Patty's going to rest for now. I think she's tired. She's had a rough day. I rolled a one on my perception roll for a six. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> I, I rolled a 19 for an 18 on my perception. Justin, I would have to rest to get my inspiration and spells back, right? Correct. All right, yeah, I'm just going to rest up. Zelf is tired. He's used almost all his spells and all of his inspiration points. Right. Awesome. Just me and Johnny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have a nice little chat. Just boating. Johnny is working on a new sword swing while he's looking around. <laughs> That's what he's up yes. to. God, I love the idea of Johnny and Astra having to just like hang out on a boat for hours and make conversation with each other. <laughs> oh, yeah. That looks really powerful. It's, it's a big swing. It, it, it's good, that big, powerful sword swing. You know, it looks cool and it spins around and stuff. And it's like, and it like feels kind of familiar, but like, it's like not quite right. Like, I feel like there's something I'm missing. Yeah. Is there something like you can see about it? Like, you got like that cool rapier. So like, you know, like I figured you probably have some tips. Like, it just feels like, I don't know, like maybe this isn't even the right blade for like what I'm trying to do. 
I mean, I think you could probably have a bigger sword if that's what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I think when you get to a certain point, yeah. you're just, you're so used to wielding this big sword that your muscles are like not even exercised when you're doing it anymore. So you gotta up it. Whoa. More sword, Johnny. Okay. Yeah, maybe I could put weights on the sword too, but like while I'm practicing with it. Oh man, if you put weights on the swords and then move them right before you went into battle, your swings would be so much faster. Oh my god, Astro, that sounds incredible. I think you've unlocked something. (laughs) Coolness stars are flashing in his eyes as he starts digging around with rapid speed to try and find things to weigh down his sword and unbalance it. (laughs) Weight training is key. (laughs) Amazing. As you guys are boating along through the whispering woods, on both sides of you, just these thick forests, dense. The deeper that you get, the stranger that the trees look. They begin to like kind of take on like weird spirally shapes to how the limbs stretch out. <laughs> the greenery turns pink. You hear constant voices like speaking at a hush. You can't really make out what they're saying. Although occasionally you do hear someone shout out Remy. Uh, and then he like jumps <laughs> and, and the boat, like just will jostle a little bit as he, he looks from side to side, trying to figure out who who's calling his name. You see that the river starts to get rougher, almost like turning into actual rapids. And now you see that Remy is actually quite talented and was the right choice where you were doubting him at first. (laughs) He really does manage the boat well through these rapids. (laughs) He keeps it so smooth that Patty and Zelf don't even wake up. Astra, you've never been to this particular part of the woods. You didn't know that the river gets like this at all. It's almost cool. It's kind of an extreme (laughs) sport, Johnny. (laughs) Johnny loves it. You can imagine, yeah, doing this for fun. Wow. (laughs) Remy tells you, Johnny, you know, if we had uh, taken the split to the left there, there's like a waterfall. Like, it it, like really turns into cascades. That's like where the name comes from. Oh, man, I bet. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you guys are really lucky that you didn't try to do this yourselves. (laughs) Yeah, like, one time we tried sailing and like it's hard like people think like you can just like pick get on a boat and do it like you can't yeah we're, we're pretty wise we always know when we can't do something and we we just yeah. let other people take care of it <laughs> once you're through the the worst of the the rough patch of water johnny you hear a voice kind of cut through the din of whispers a, a woman screaming help me help me but oh, it sounds no. like she's underwater when you turn your head, you see this beautiful blue-skinned woman. Her hair looks like liquid that's like constantly moving and flowing. She is trapped inside of some sort of cage that has dropped from a tree. You can tell that it's some sort of trap that was set up uh, on like the left bank <laughs> as you pass. Even though she's on land, she she always sounds like she's underwater. Oh, no. So excited for us to think this is a fey trap and it's actually a traveler. Whoa, <laughs> check it out. That water woman is trapped. And I pointed out to, to Remy and I said, we've got to help her. Oh, no. Uh, um, Justin, is this an, a narrated? Yes, it is. Okay, and we know that the narrates are good right they're solid dudes yeah. correct they are good creatures <laughs> uh, johnny 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 we should probably save her right yeah but let's be smart about it don't jump in okay 
You're like a fire lad. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not swimming. No, okay, no. Like, good. these rapids are intense. I've been hanging out with Remy. Like, the water is wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I noticed you two went off and started just talking, just the two of you, but that's fine. I'm fine <laughs> about it. Um, Did you feel left out? No, I'm no, sorry. I said I didn't. I said I didn't. Okay. I said I didn't. Let's figure this out. I've got some rope. <laughs> Everything's fine. Shut up. <laughs> um, Remy, can you can you steer us closer to her, or are we just going to overshoot her immediately? Uh, he says, I'll do my best. And very deftly, he's able to kind of move the boat over towards the shore. He kind of looks at you guys nervously, and he's like, I, I don't know if you should get out of the boat, though. No, absolutely not. We're not getting out of the boat. Nobody is getting out of the boat. Um, but that doesn't stop us from saying hello. Hello there, miss. Are you okay? She says, please help me. I've been trapped for days. I'm going to dry out. Can you turn into water? Why can't, can you not just like go back into the water? I'm too weak. Something about this cage is weakening me. Oh, that's, that's rough luck. What range are we at, would you say? You are as close as you would like to be. <laughs> She's probably about 30 feet inland. Okay. Uh, I would like to be in close range, which is 25 plus 5 foot for every two levels. So still in the water. And I want to cast Create Water on her a bunch. It's one of my cantrips. <laughs> Just splash her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, it's sad. It's like when a whale is stuck exactly. or something. You gotta like pour the water on it. Oh, this is sad. <laughs> Does that help? You can see she sits up. She She's feeling better. She says, the cage is made of cold iron. I can't get through it. That's Whoa. really rough luck. Cold iron's like bad for like they people, right? Yeah, it's like really bad. Unfortunately, you are on land. Johnny, do you have like a grappling hook? Um, Because my instinct is we should not get out of the boat. I tend to agree with not getting out of the boat. Like, you're going to die. Yeah, for sure, 100%. But if we could pull the cage inward, maybe we can outthink Justin. Because <laughs> Justin, Justin is the fake creature I'm most worried about. <laughs> he is crafty. The only time we're able to outthink Justin is when he asks us what we want to do and we pick the, you know, out of the 12 things he thought of, we pick the 13th thing. Going back to feed the cat. <laughs> yes, yeah. I have a folding shovel we could tie uh, that, you know, mysteriously appeared in my backpack. <laughs> the corpse shovel we could partially fold it and then tie it to a rope and throw it if we attach the rope to the shovel and you use your beefy um beefy man arm strength to throw it maybe we can hit the cage and she can grab on and we can pull her into the water she'll still be in the cage and so she might drown but I don't know. She probably can't. She can probably breathe underwater or something. Hey, ma'am, can you breathe underwater? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the best way to breathe. <laughs> agree to disagree. I think this is a good idea. As long as we all agree, nobody is getting out of the boat. I'm in. Great. Okay. Johnny, I'll say that it is AC 10 to hit this cage, and she will be able to help you tie like the shovel to the cage if you can get it over to her. Yes, yes, yes. Sweet. Oh. All right. Whoa. So exciting. I rolled a 
15 for a total of 22. As nice. I, as I fold the shovel, astratize it, I give her like a stern nod like, all right, <laughs> commence rescue operation. I love a rescue mission. Great. Right. <laughs> I throw it over to the cage. Are we discovering that the most competent duo is Astra and Johnny? That doesn't that seem right. That is not at all what I would have thought, but it seems to be going well somehow. This is only because Astra is so on edge. She's very focused. The Nereid wraps the rope with the shovel around one of the bars a couple times and then puts like the shovel horizontally so it holds up against the bars. Nice. Uh, so you are able to start pulling on it and move the cage towards you. Nice. Once she's about five to ten feet away from you, the rope holding the cage, it becomes taut to the tree that it, like, fell from. Uh. And I'm going to have you make a strength check to, like, break (gasps) the limb of the tree off. Like, uh, we'll say another DC 10 strength check. All right. You got this. I had gorilla strength. (laughs) So strong. I rolled a nine for a total of a 13. Perfect. Yes. Excellent. Yes. You gather what's left of your strength after this long ass day. Uh, you pull it the rest of the way. The tree branch snaps. The cage pulls forward. Suddenly, you pull it into the water, and the Nereid becomes water itself and, and slides right out. She kind of pops up uh, next to the boat at the side of you and says, Thank you. I owe you. That's you certainly do. We saved your life. What's your name? <laughs> you didn't have a name God. for this one that's fine <laughs> bubbles <laughs> okay, bubbles. Yes. Bubbles. <laughs> bubbles it's a pleasure to meet you bubbles how did you get caught in the first place are people out here hunting the fae they are terrible folk from Mjolnir uh. they eat our kind <laughs> what no way like only the people from Mjolnir they make meals like they don't turn people into meals like that's crazy yeah also you're like water so where's even your meat <laughs> where's your meat i had a cousin that became a soup oh you're oh, shit. oh no oh no god yeah do you have bones you're just instant broth okay i, I get it now Ezra having very mixed feelings because the the nereids are fine but also but the fact that somebody's out here hunting Faye it feels like it's probably a good thing in her mind. Uh, but not the <laughs> Nereids, they're chill. Hey, be careful. What were you doing up on the bank anyway? You're like water. You should be hanging out in the water still. I'm friends with a couple dryads. Mm. I meet them every once in a while. They live in Mythena. Have you ever been? No, no, no. I've never been into the Whispering Woods. This place is very dangerous. <laughs> she goes, yes, it is. As thinks, I'll help you get out of here faster. Oh, great. Yes. Excellent. Thank you. Yes, that would be wonderful. You can see that she kind of uh, spreads out thinner and thinner in the water. You can still kind of see her smiling face, like, just right at the front (laughs) of the boat. But the rest of her kind of uh, holds up the bottom of the boat and moves you extremely quickly, like triples your speed. Remy uh, doesn't even have to do anything anymore. He kind of just sits down awkwardly. (laughs) Amazing. You had already made it about halfway. You're out of the woods within 40 minutes. Amazing. Incredible. Way to save that lady, guys. Good job. Oh, yeah, right? And circumvent whatever trap Justin actually had for us. <laughs> oh, definitely I pull aboard the cold iron cage. Ooh, yes. Uh, we okay. should totally have that. That's I was thinking idea. about that because that does seem very useful. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you. Uh, she takes you far enough where you can see Milnor on the horizon, uh, but she doesn't want to get any closer uh, mm. due to how she spent the last couple days. And it's a pretty straight shot from here. Guys, I did not think that that was going to work out the way it did. I thought we were going to be wandering <laughs> the woods, tormented by the Fae for weeks, and I cannot believe how well that worked. Yeah. I'm so excited to be in Yay. I'm I excited to be out of a fatal and onto some Zelf backstory. I'm very excited. Oh, I cannot wait, I cannot wait to nervous. eat horrifying things. Yeah. Just, just, I'm excited. So it's a bit after midnight as you guys' small boat floats uh, along the Davin River into the city proper. You see on your right is the crown jewel of Milnor, its restaurant district. And <laughs> looking at it, the first word that might come to your mind is like, excess like everything is oversized everything's overdone it's lit up with like flashy colorful signs the buildings here uh, are designed in milnor's signature architectural style which is called extra large (laughs) (laughs) there's not an open space that doesn't have like some sort of like unnecessary flourish even the most modern elven cities in berwin incorporate nature in some way but here it's just it's so far removed from like everything the elves like classically stand for <laughs> On your left hand side, it's almost like a completely different city. You can immediately see the extreme wealth disparity between the two halves of the city. <laughs> Even though it's clearly more heavily populated, West Milnor looks lifeless and dull. You pass just many boarded up buildings, rows and rows of like small houses and apartments that are crammed up against each other. The banks of West Milnor, they sit like even with the water. And you can see like where portions of the the area have been like damaged by floods in the past. While meanwhile, East Milnor sits like much at a much higher elevation, and there are like barriers along the edge of the river that protect it from flooding. You also notice after entering the city limits that the water is less like a, a crystal blue like you experienced in the woods, kind of like untouched. It was just like beautiful almost magical and in Mjolnir it is dark murky kind of uh, polluted almost but yeah you're you're sailing <laughs> down the river in between these two very distinct halves of Mjolnir Zelf where is it that you want to bring your compatriots well first of all Zelf starts drinking he needs a <laughs> mild buzz to be in Mjolnir float trip uh second of all he, he wants to find I don't know I wouldn't say friend his old acquaintance uh Groton his fellow ex-apprentice <laughs> would he be at the hunter's guild or at the uh meal kitchen you know that Groton uh has a small apartment near the the food bank uh well then Zelf wants to take the back streets to try to find Groton's apartment awesome so you park the boat you you bid farewell to Remy uh, who has brought you <laughs> all this way uh, and you make your way through West Milnor until you uh, climb the rickety stairs to a rundown apartment building the second floor to Grattan's apartment it is about 1 a.m are you just knocking Zelf oh absolutely okay. <laughs> <laughs> Grattan Dauphinois answers the door after you knock for a while he's clearly uh, been sleeping he wears like ill-fitting pajamas and has wire-rimmed glasses he 
is a little meek and and withdrawn, kind of hunched over. But you know that this is just how he always is. It's not that he's just sleepy. When he sees you, though, he like jolts back. He's like, Zelf, I, wow, what what are you doing here? What a surprise, isn't it, Gratton? Yeah, it's, what what time is it? Aren't you going to invite me in? Oh, sure, Zelf. And he's going to push his way inside with his friends. Are we, are we visible from the doorway or is it like he, Gratton like leans and sees the three of us? Just a bunch of strangers. He says, is, is this your kitchen, Zelf? Oh, we're humans. Uh, no, uh, these are my roommates. Wow. Gratton, I'll cut to the chase. We need a place to lay low. And in this entire city, I can't think of anyone that I mistrust less. <laughs> <laughs> Gretton uh, kind of holds his head and he looks around his apartment. You can see it's about the size of Astra's, just, you know, a studio. <laughs> He's sleeping in the room that you enter. Less beads. Uh, uh, sure. Uh, of course, self. Any, anything for, for a fellow apprentice? That's what I thought. Don't worry, Groton. It'll be like an endless sleepover. Everybody, this is Groton Dauphinois. He and I were both apprentices to the Chairman Naga. We share a sordid history. Ooh, I love a sordid history. <laughs> what about a sorbet history? That's a little <laughs> cooking joke. Oh, I love sorbet, too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for letting us stay here. Don't tell anyone we're here. And nice to meet you. Groton, this is... Astra Blep. Hi. <laughs> Patty Hertz and Johnny Brightchild. They're my fellow cadets at Shadowland. They're all lovely people. Do you have something to drink? <laughs> I'm a little thirsty. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I would take like an orange juice. Johnny needs a glass of milk. <laughs> yeah, ooh, milk, yeah. <laughs> he nods. He brings you over to a cabinet that's just lined with all sorts of different alcohol. <laughs> uh, he's like, I, I wouldn't recommend uh, uh, dr- uh, drinking from the tap. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fair enough. Whatever you've got that's fermented. We're just on a float trip, so let's keep this raft afloat. <laughs> Gretton kind of sits back down. He's kind of overwhelmed, but he's yeah. he's playing it off, and he says, uh, "You you know, Zelf, I I I'm kind of surprised that you came back for this." Why do you say that, Gretton? So I just thought you you'd put Mjolnir behind you for good. There's something about Mjolnir that's hard to escape, really. And what about you, Gretton? I thought you cut all ties with everything between you and the chairman. Are you going to the reading? Uh, he kind of shakes his head. He's like, I, I, I honestly haven't decided if I'm, if I'm going to go. You know, I don't want to think about it. There's nothing that the chairman can, can, can give me at this point that won't make my life significantly worse. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> On the other hand, I do want to know for sure that he's really dead. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! So you think he's alive too? <laughs> Uh, until I see his body, I, I'm going to live in fear. He's going to jump out from behind the next corner. In fear? He did have a flair for the dramatic. Oh, it's, yeah, it's so unlike Zelf. Why don't we get some sleep? Groton, there's a lot that I'll need to do in the city before the reading. I'll be in and out. You don't happen to have an extra key, do you? <laughs> he says, uh, I, uh, I'll have four made, I guess. 
That's right. Hell yeah. I love it. He's giving keys to all these strangers. That's fantastic. There's one last thing that I want to do before we wrap up for the night. And that is to make a couple rolls. (laughs) You guys did uh, leave behind some people that you had gotten involved in some trouble. Yeah. Oops. (laughs) Like Sasha. (laughs) Andrew, I'm going to have you roll a D100 for Castian and his squad. Oh. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> oh, 88. Perfect. And then, Patty, uh, if you want to roll for Sasha and her sorority. <laughs> oh, boy. A D100. Oh, boy. An eight. Okay. I don't know if that's good or bad, but it's definitive. <laughs> and... Paul, if you want to roll for sweet, small blep. Oh, <laughs> small. oh, our little newsy. That's a 71. Cool. Now, Astra, I'm going to have you roll for the little stranger mm. for Johnny's roll first for, for the 88. Oh, interesting. A 1d4 for me. This first roll is a 1. And then I will have you roll. Well, yeah, I guess I'll have you roll for Sasha. <laughs> What does that mean, Justin? Sorry, girl. <laughs> I rolled a four for Sasha. And then lastly, for small blip. Oh, God. Split the difference, please, please, please. I got a three. All right. Great. Something happens somewhere. You're not even going to tell us. Oh, Sasha. <laughs> oh, she was so nice to me. <laughs> I don't like being on the other side of mysterious roles. So <laughs> popular. So yeah, cool. Right? Ugh. Thank you for listening to a full year of Burnt Cookbook Party, and may we have many happy returns. And a special thank you to all our Patreon subscribers. We really appreciate you, and we hope you enjoyed the bonus episodes. Burnt Cookbook Party is... Andrew Hansen as Johnny Brightchild, Caitlin Stadahar as Patty Hertz, Paul Lukemeyer as Zelf, me, Jenna Stieber, as Astra Blep, and Justin Green as GM and World Builder. Produced by Jenna Stieber. This episode edited by Justin Green and Jenna Stieber. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.